All right, everybody, it's time. Time to get you into the next round of the Yoffs. We have a ton of news to get through. We've got concussions to Joe Mixon and Amari Cooper to check in on. We've got suspensions from Rob Gronkowski and Juju Smith-Schuster that we need to adapt to. And we've got a lot more that we need to get you ready for. So let's get right into it. Let's get you into the next round of the playoffs. And let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Yoff's time. Donald here with Scott. Hello, fellow Yoffers. And once again, via Skype, Tom. Hey, everybody. So, uh, gentlemen, we've got, uh, we're in the holiest of fantasy months, and we are, you know, the first step of the journey to the championship trophy or belt or Whatever it is that uh, everybody's league uses as their trophy is here. Uh, any last-minute general advice before we get into actual player advice for this week? Um, you know, I, I'm normally a, a start the guys who got you there um, type of guy. I, I was obviously looking at the waiver. There's not too much out on the waiver this week. So I think for my teams, um, I'm I'm going to ride the guys that, that pretty much got me there besides maybe one or two pickups that, that we'll talk about in, uh, in the plum picks and shutdown section. Tom, what is that, Don? You just oh, that give was, me a that nod. That was me giving you the that nod. Was Tom, yeah. we need you to speak now. Hurry. Yeah. <laughs> that was well, you know, I don't. You. I just, you know, go out there and and have fun. Yeah, I mean, you gotta just like there. It's out of our hands at this point. Like you've got your lineup. It's just a matter of is your lineup gonna be the best lineup of the, your league? Like basically. I was like I was telling you guys, one of my leagues, I'm a 30 point projected underdog. Mm-hmm. So like. That league is like it's kind of fun because I, I'm just like you know picking whoever I want at that point, just yeah. kind of throwing them out there and, and seeing what happens. I'm hoping for the best, but you know yeah. that's all you can do is hope for the best. I've got one now. Um, how about if you're playing those two week ESPN I'm in one. fantasy uh, playoff games? Don't give up after the first no, week because not. miracles happen. Yes. Yep. But no only doubt. if you believe. That's right. Uh, here are some guys that you cannot believe in. It's our shut it down candidates for week 14. Shut it down! And as always, we are starting with quarterback. And Tom, we will start with you. Because it's unfortunately like a lassie moment where you're just like, don't look! Don't yeah. look! <laughs> I mean, I wanted to start this guy so badly, which is why I want to advise people to shut him down. Uh, and it's Tyrod Taylor. It's an amazing matchup. Against the Colts, who have nothing to play for, and the Bills are home, but he's not a hundred percent. They're gonna go through the game like their practice this week and see if he can even play and see if he can even scramble and base the game plan around that. Is the report? So if Tyrod can't scramble yet still plays, he's not gonna be a prolific passer back there and get you the points you need in the fantasy playoffs. And once again, he might leave the game if he gets a an agitation of that injury. So I can't advise you put him out there even though the matchup is totally 
totally there. It even, is just not in your best interest to start Tyrod even, this week. Yeah, even if you're the Bills and Tyrod can't scramble, how could you put him in the starting lineup? Like, he can't even really throw that well. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, I mean, he could throw accurately, but, you know, given what he has and all that stuff, he's given you basically no production throwing the football. You you have to count on at least the threat of him running. Right. And without that, I mean, he, he's... Seems like he's kind of useless to the Bills in, in real football, yeah. including fantasy football, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just a tough week, which stinks because we were preaching these Bills matchups down the stretch. And now, you know, one little tweak against the Patriots it's last week and it's all thrown off. So that is another piece of advice we could even give to playoff hopefuls. It's that now more than ever, you need to be hawking. Twitter, you need to be all over the waiver wire because you never know what you're going to need to do. Right. Scott, who is your shutdown quarterback? I'm sending Taffer over to Cam Newton's place and telling him to shut the door. Shut it down. I'm not excited for Cam at all this week. Minnesota played him last year. Cam did get a rushing touchdown, but they picked him not once, not twice, but three times, Mm. and he didn't throw a touchdown. So he had a really rough day. Kind of expect the same. You know, they really, you know, Olsen's still banged up. The the Vikings have done a great job of bottling up running backs, even though they've allowed a lot of receptions to running backs. They haven't really allowed a lot of touchdowns or receiving yards. And Devin Funches is going to be locked up with Rhodes. It's just all leading to, an I think, an ugly game for the total score. You know, this is a game where I would probably bet the under. And uh, I'm taking the under on uh, maybe 15 points for Cam this week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough matchup. The Vikings defense playing lights out. Now that Philly's finally lost, you could argue Minnesota's playing better than any team in the NFL right now, and that is especially and probably because of their defense. Right. So I, I'm in on I'm in on Cam. I mean, who made this Vikings schedule, by the way? Yeah, this they, is some tough they're sledding. Going, they're going through the ringer right yeah. now, but I mean, they keep winning games. So yeah, if what, they come they out on care. the other side of this with you know a 13-3, 14-2 record, I mean, now we know more than any team really that this team is is built for the playoffs. No so, question. Yeah, I'm not. I'm worried about Cam this week. We might get sour Cam. Yeah, it, I think it's a sad Cam this week, not not a happy Cam. And when it's sad Cam, it can get ugly. Yeah, um, Matty Ice has been sad Cam all year. <laughs> uh, so he's my shutdown quarterback. I have no faith in him. They have a tough matchup tonight against the Saints. Um, you know, and he's proven it doesn't matter if he's at home. It doesn't matter if he's in a dome on the road. Like he is just not himself. You know, we we could start to see Marshawn Lattimore getting back for the Saints. Crowley came back and played well against the Panthers last week. I mean, it is just going to be tough sliding for Matty Ice. And, you know, like I said, you know, we just don't get the Julio production for whatever reason this year. And it's just tough to trust him. I agree. It's it's very tough to trust Matty Ice. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of guys floating around on the waiver that I would rather play over him. I I hope that a lot of people who own him have already kind of moved on or at least in some capacity been thinking about benching him and thinking about the playoffs and and getting someone else that they can maybe put in because I agree with you. I think this is a week where you throw somebody in. It's insane, though, because – when you were when we were drafting, we were like, "Well, I mean, Atlanta gets New Orleans twice in the playoffs, right?" And right. now we're looking back at it like, "Oh crap, Atlanta yeah. gets New, New Orleans, Orleans twice. twice in the playoffs." <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to bring up. That you get you have to play him against them again. So I don't even know. Even if he does well, I don't think I would have the confidence in him yeah. in their next meeting because the Saints have played so well as a whole, yep. and the Falcons have played so poorly 
compared to last year as a whole. Yeah, I like that that you get that preview though. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. You get that. You know, um, I have I had Julio in three leagues. Unfortunately, one of the that one of the leagues didn't make the playoffs, but the other two did, and I got a buy. So for me, it's like a pretty cool position that I get to, you know, for free be able to see what Julio can do. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you're not in a position where you're going to be able to bench Julio in week 16 anyway. Yeah, it would take a lot, especially for me. (laughs) It would take an injury, basically. That's it. Let's move to running back now. I'm shutting down a whole damn team. I'm shutting down Murray and uh, Derrick Henry. It's just not a good week for Tennessee. Their offense just has not looked good. The only time these guys have played well is with a lead. The Cardinals' defense has been great against the run. They are just not exactly, you know, the roll over and die type team like Bruce Arians just simply won't allow it and so I think they're going to have a strong showing against the Titans team that yes they're eight and four but we've been saying it over and over their offense just is not very good they just do enough they want to win ugly yeah the exotic explosive extreme super smash smash mouth mouth is uh has been the head coach of of who runs whatever that thing is. They're called. looking pretty dumb with a finger and a thumb in the shape of an L on their forehead. <laughs> yeah, they are looking pretty dumb. Um, and he was quoted as saying, "You know, if our offense is is looking boring and we're still winning games, I'll take that as a good thing." It's like, okay, well, I guess that's the complete opposite of the exotic look that you were going for. Yeah, but I agree with you, Don. You know, this team is. You know, we've been saying it for a really long time now. They like to win ugly. They're not going to ever really score more than 24 points in a game. And when that happens, it's, it's tough to get production from, from the running backs. That is just a poster child of a quote for an NFL season that has just been so boring yeah. that the coach is like, yeah, it's boring, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're in a playoff, so uh, fine. <laughs> Tom, you shut down running back, please. Yeah, there's a couple things baked into this one because it's a, it's a softball. There's I'm levels. shutting down – yeah, there's a couple levels to it. I'm shutting down Devontae Booker. You know, they got the new offensive coordinator. We told you he'd be a good speculative ad because of that. But in the opposite sense, he's getting phased out of the offense almost entirely. Yep. Last week, two rush attempts and one target first uh, the Miami Dolphins for not even two fantasy points, you know? Yeah. The week before that, only um, six rush attempts, two targets – but the weeks before that, he was over up into the 20s, right? So as soon as this new guy came in, he's actually been falling off to a, a huge degree, even though he was being worked in nicely before this new guy showed up. So uh, McCoy, am I correct, right? Mike McCoy was who got canned. Yeah. Oh, McCoy maybe liked him a little bit more than this this new man's. And uh, I would actually, if you have him on your roster or guys in this situation, I would drop them. And look for someone who has like, look for handcuffs that are unowned. You know, drop yeah. him, go for a James Conner. Drop him, go for you know someone else. Because all you have right now is the C.J. Anderson handcuff, Tra- which cadet. is not worth anything. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the the Broncos are in shambles. You know, and we we said it last week when I shut down Emmanuel Sanders. Um, it doesn't matter who they're facing. You know, the players on this team are really not worth starting at this yeah. point. Uh, Scott, speaking of not worth starting, your shutdown running back. My shutdown running back. You're gonna like this one. I was su- I was I was actually surprised to see him on your list. Yeah, because he has scored 20 points in full PPR three out of the last four weeks. But it's Marshawn Lynch. Um, 
you know, the Chiefs have just been pretty solid against the the run in general all year. Uh, they did get kind of beat up last week against the Jets, but the Jets, you know, that was just a wild game. The Jets just kind of ran like a million plays, and so and because the, the Chiefs were scoring so fast that the Jets had just had a ton of plays, they had a, a lot of carries, and you know when that happens, you accumulate a lot of yards. Um, I think that Oakland learned the last time that they played. Kansas City is that uh, Derek Carr can really pick them apart through the air, and you lose Marcus Peters, so he's going to have... You choose to lose Marcus right, Peters. Right, you choose to lose Marcus Peters, but you know, so regar- regardless, he's lost, so I think that Carr is just going to be in this spread-out type of throw mode almost the whole game. I think Marshawn's still going to get that work, but it's not going to turn in too much. Yeah, he didn't do much against Kansas City, and people will likely point to that but it was because of the ejection. Right. In the first yeah, that, quarter. that was part of my point, too. Yeah, and he could get just, tossed. <laughs> he could easily get tossed. You're right. Um, it's just not. I mean, it's interesting because, like, obviously, I haven't thought that Marshawn Lynch was going to be, like, a huge threat and this year. Hot, and he's but... been hot. But, I mean, you know, Kansas City was kind of that that bottoming out for him where it's just like, what did you do? Yeah. Drafting this guy. And, he, and, he's, and he's revived a, a little bit. But I feel like every single team that is in a league that I, that's in one of my leagues that drafted Marshawn Lynch is not in the playoffs or unless they traded him away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. so if you have him on your team and you made it this far, I think, I think this is a week you throw him on the pine. Yeah. Um, probably because, you well, yeah. And options. not to mention Tom, not to mention the two teams that he went off against are the Denver Broncos and the New York giants. So basically two teams in shambles. Yeah. Uh, Kansas city, you can almost argue into that group, but it seems like they're going to staunch up and uh, yeah. try to clear things up before they knock themselves out of contention. Right, right. Scott, let's stay with you for your shutdown wide receiver. Sure. I'm going to shut down J-Mo Crowder because I don't think he got the butter off of his hands from last week. Yeah. He had a, you know, just an <laughs> absolutely terrible performance, muffed punt, drop ball that leads to a pick. You know, he, he just screwed up a little bit too much for me to get excited about him. And then you start to look at his matchup where the Chargers have been great all year against slot receivers. They haven't allowed – they've only allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver since week seven. So, for me, I just think that he's going to struggle this week and, you know, he's going to get a little beat up in the slot. And, you know, he can always kind of bail you out in, in maybe like a comeback mode type of game. But I, – I kind of expect this game to be closer, and thus maybe he'll catch four or five passes and not do too much with it. This is going to be a Piran game for Washington. Uh, yeah, think, that's, for that's, sure. that's what I'm thinking too, yeah. and and maybe Doxon. And, I mean, it can't be a Crowder game because they literally can't count on him holding on to the ball yeah, based he, on what he's given them so far this year. Yeah. you know He's um, been inconsistent. Yeah. He really has. Tom, let's swing it over to you for your shutdown wide receiver. Yeah, it's going to go a lot with um, – Scott's shut down quarterback, and that's Devin Funches. You mentioned how he shut down um, Julio Jones to just 24 yards. I mean, Devin Funches got hurt, and now he's going to go try it out there this week and try to be as effective as he can be. But, I mean, Xavier Rhodes is going to give him the clamps, and there's no doubt about it in my mind. I agree. Yeah, I agree with you too. You know, obviously I agree because I think Cam's going to struggle. And like you said, Funches is dinged up. He's got a shoulder problem. He's got a toe injury he's kind of dealing with. I think those two things, when you got to deal with Xavier Rhodes, who's going to play you right at the line of scrimmage and be bumping you the whole game, it's tough to break that. Definitely. Yeah, he's trying to be a put the team on the put the team on my back kind of guy, you know, which is admirable. But um, 
it, it it's not going to be a foolish. great situation for him. Right? Yeah, Funches yeah. is Funches is is definitely. I won't speak for you guys. He's one of my guys. I really like him this year, but you know, just not this week. Yeah, um, he's been a great post hype sleeper over the past couple of years. No like question. That year where yeah. Carolina went fifteen and one, like we thought he was going to be like sneaky wide receiver one. He obviously wasn't, but right. he's been solid wide receiver three floor. For most of the last two years, which yeah. is you know what you gotta like about the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm shutting down Paul Richardson. I was like all over the map with my plum picks. I was gonna plum pick Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin and still shut down Paul Richardson. But listen, Russell Wilson's QB one. Yeah, overall player one. You gotta roll him out against Jacksonville. However, Jacksonville's secondary shuts down what Paul Richardson does well better than any team in the league. He's a jump ball guy. They got big play corners. He's a jump ball guy. They got tough, hard-hitting safeties who can also play the ball well. You know, you might try to get cute and and get a piece of the pie with Russell Wilson. I just don't think it's going to come from Paul Richardson this week. I think it's a big Doug Baldwin week. Tom, you're going to love to hear that because I know you've got that stack in a couple leagues. Um, But I just don't think it's a Paul Richardson week for Seattle. Yeah, he's a deep threat, you know, and uh, he – the Jags haven't really gotten beat deep all season, so – I agree. Even with such a good quarterback, sometimes you feel like you can throw out the ancillary parts in the offense and hope for a, for a touchdown or a big yeah. play. I don't think it's coming this And week. you might even have seen like the T.Y. Hilton play from last week, but that was on fourth down. Like yeah. that was the Jags secondary was selling out hard to stop them short of the line to gain and T.Y. Hilton just ran his route a little bit longer and got behind somebody who shouldn't have let him get behind him so it was kind of like a fluky play that T.Y. Hilton scored on anyway and T.Y. Hilton's a lot better than Paul Richardson as it is and faster. so yeah and faster exactly <laughs> so it's just not to me it's just not a Paul Richardson week it's a matriculate the ball down the field with Baldwin with Lockett with Graham more than it is go up top to Paul Richardson this yeah. week for the Seahawks Tom, I like your uh, positivity on Russell Wilson. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, Tom, let's stick with your uh, pl- uh, shutdown tight end. Yeah, I'm going to go with Vernon Davis. Nothing against um, him. It just he hasn't really been targeted that much, even in Jordan Reed's absence. I think he's a great player. I think he deserves to be targeted more. But I also think Kirk Cousins is going to underratedly struggle a little bit this week versus Chargers defense that has just been outrageous. <laughs> You think he's going to get it done? Yeah, I sure does. do. <laughs> well, you, I'm not saying that. Okay. He's I said Kirk is going to struggle. He typically does. That's yeah, I said Kirk sure. is going to struggle a little bit. I didn't shut down Kirk. I didn't say Kirk isn't going to get it done. I just don't see yeah. um, Vernon Davis as being a necessary playoff start. I would. I think I would rather go even Julius Thomas, people a little deeper, and um, play a play a hotter hand than Vernon Davis, who's maybe the iciest of tight end hands. Absolutely. I mean, and this was a guy, this was a guy I felt like for like four or five weeks in a row, I was plum picking him because I thought like with Reed out, he's going to be really set to go. Uh, Jordan Reed is out on Sunday. It was already announced today. So another season lost to injuries for him this year. Unfortunately, awful. Um, Scott, your, your shutdown tight end is I'm shutting down Kyle Rudolph. Um, he's been hot, but I think he's, he's been going. burning us the past couple. Yeah, weeks. but I think he's going ice cold this week uh, for the simple fact of the matchup. Carolina has just been great against tight ends over the last three weeks. They've allowed six catches for 43 yards and one junk time touchdown to Julius Thomas over the last three weeks. So these guys are averaging two catches a week against them right now. And with that, with all that being said, 
I think Rudolph goes back to his old ways where he's not going to score, and if, if he doesn't score, he's going to get you, you know, maybe 30 yards or something like that. Right. I like it. I'm going with Trey Burton. Um, Zach, Zach Ertz in concussion protocol. You may think, ooh, Burton's athletic. Slide him right in. Not so fast, my friend. Eagles have a tough uh, r- tough tight end matchup with the Rams. They're going. They're staying cross-country. They flew over to uh, Seattle, and now they just traveled down to Los Angeles. So, really, I mean, I just don't see it happening for Burton as easily. I think, you know, Wentz and his receivers need to do a lot more work than Wentz and Trey Burton do because they kind of had a missed connection basically all night against Seattle, and they need right. to work to get that back so they can keep riding that heater into the playoffs. And uh, the Rams can be run on pretty well too, so you can expect – a heavy dose of the run, I think, uh, for the Eagles kind of filtering in, you know, all those names that they have. They're five-headed monster, it seems like, at yeah. this point. And uh, I, I could see Burton, you know, kind of kind of having a junker. But if they get behind, that's where I'd get nervous. You know, if, if the Rams go out to a lead and Wentz is dropping back and throwing a lot, he, I could see Burton getting a lot of targets and maybe not a ton of production. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I think it's a <laughs> decent transition here into my uh, – Plum pick quarterback. All right, well, let's get into our plum picks then. I can feel it down in my plums. And Tom, let's since you're so excited for it, let's get all let's get started with your plum pick quarterback. And that's going to be Mr. Jared Goff versus the Eagles. Back to so back. The, the Eagles have been good. I I like Jared Goff pretty much season here. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. Um, the Eagles have been doing great. People love to you know jump on the bandwagon but their last like few matchups have really not been all that hard all right besides seattle let's be honest here um before that they had chicago then they had an implosion of dallas cowboys they were just horrible right um the denver squad i can't even remember who was the quarterback there because it doesn't even matter san francisco with um Whoever they were rolling out, I guess that was C.J. Bethard. Yeah, and then they hadn't had a tough opponent since Washington in Week Seven. So I think um, the Seahawks did a little bit of exposing, and I think that Jared Goff can do a lot of the same. I, I don't think he's going to do it the exact same way as Russell Wilson, of course. That would be. But shocking. I think that yeah, they have a good run game, right? Right. Um, the Eagles have a decent run defense, so when you put that threat together and the the Rams just score enough points to win games, and they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. If not the highest scoring team in the NFL, second, they're gonna have to pass. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. They've, they've been doing it successfully. I don't think the Eagles are that formidable, and I think you know even Todd Gurley out of the backfield is. I think that's a sneaky situation this this week. And I believe there's an outside chance for Robert Woods to make his way back on in the field too. So if he gets that piece back in there too. You know, you saw that the that the Eagles, they like the blitz, but it leaves their coverage pretty wide open at the back, and that's what Russell Wilson was kind of able to exploit. Um, I think a lot of teams kind of go after Seattle because they know their line is bad, but maybe you can expect some more of that against the Rams where Goff may not be, you know, spinning out of the pocket and running, making these crazy plays, but he can make quick throws to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins and Todd Gurley, and they could turn in the yards for you. And actually use the threat of a run game. Right. Scott, let's go with you. You've got a plum pick quarterback who we have loved all year against a defense that we once avoided all year. Right, and and it's Josh McCown. I'm riding the heater, you know. I uh, in what in that league where I'm a 30 point dog, I'm starting McCown and I'm stacking him with my other plum pick, ASJ 
to just leaking that one now. I think, uh, you know, this is an interesting matchup because the Broncos, as as quote-unquote good as their pass defense is, they have allowed 18 passing touchdowns over the last five weeks. They lead the league in most touchdown passes allowed, and McCown is white hot. He's got multiple options. He's got Curse. He's got Robbie Anderson, who can still do battle with these tough corners. I think, obviously, I think it's going to be more of an ASJ week, and I do think ASJ will find the end zone because of the matchup. It's just a good matchup, and ASJ's been solid all year. People are probably down on him. I'm doing, I'm doing both at the same time, if you yep. couldn't tell. Um, people are, are probably down on him from his discouraging uh, past couple weeks, but you know, like we said in the last episode, two weeks ago he bobbled the touchdown, and last week he played the Chiefs, who ha- haven't given up to a tight end all year. So I think this is the week for ASJ to come back and find the end zone, and I think this is a week where McCown, you know, he could go nuts again. And to me, his his floor has been like actually really good, especially over the past you know eight weeks or so. That you have to kind of put him out there and hope he pops off. Yeah, I agree. I mean. It's it's awesome. It's just awesome to hear like hope for the Jets and yeah. they can go into Denver and beat the Broncos. Yeah. I mean it's it's just a cool thing and I think you're right. I think McCown is is too hot. The Denver defense has allowed the most points in the league over the last 8 weeks on a per game basis and they they're letting it up to offenses who were anemic compared to what the Jets they have just been got able to burned do. by Miami. Exactly. So, I mean, there's no fear attached to the Denver defense anymore and I think we're about to see that in a big way with Josh McCown. I agree. Totally agree with the ASJ thing too. Thanks, Tom. My plum pick quarterback is Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to win the Heisman this uh, this Saturday. I'm a big fan of him. Obviously, his on-the-field antics are abhorrent, but I do think he's going to win the Heisman. I think he's going to be a better pro than people Speak are going to credit for it. That's fine. Um, but my real plum pick quarterback for this week, I'm riding it. Case Keenum. One more. Let's go. <laughs> Eat up, big fella. I'm in. One more week of the case race, huh? Yep. Um, I'm okay with it. I would, I would, um, you know, the Panthers have been beat through the air, you know? Yep. And especially by good receivers. They got two good receivers. You know, obviously, I'm not too excited about Kyle Rudolph this week, but, you know, McKinnon's a good receiver, too, and, and Case has been hot. I, you know, I'm with you. I'm riding McCown's yep. heater, and I don't blame you for riding Keenum's heater. I'm going off the rails on the Case train. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust him too much, and, uh, I, I'm so, and it's another guy I don't trust, but I'm tempted to like Stephon Diggs this week because right. of the deep ball threat against the the Carolina Panthers, which has been working out. And if they can click on that, then it'll probably salvage both of their fantasy days for the absolute better. Yep, I don't think they're going to need salvaging at all. Let's move over to running backs. I've got Frank Gore. Okay, playing against um, playing against the Bills, who've been gouged on the ground and. Really, all they have left the Colts this year is how high can they get Frank Gore on the career rushing yards record? <laughs> this dude passed Ladanian Tomlinson for most wow. for fifth most rushing yards in NFL history last year or last week. Like just an unbelievable career. I think the Brown. I think this may end up being his last year, but who knows? The man does not age. Nope. Him and Larry Fitzgerald have to have found the fountain of youth. It seems. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm in on Frank Gore this week. I think he gets in the end zone. I think he gets a bunch more yards than he's been getting, and I like his matchup this week. Yeah, you you gotta love high volume in a in a soft matchup. 
and that's what he has. And ever since the the Bills got rid of Marcel Darius, their run defense has just been absolutely terrible. So I agree, trust the volume in a bad matchup. And that's weird because Marcel Darius was more of a pass rusher than anything. Right, but once they got but rid once, of that, yeah. that big plug in the middle, it, yeah. it's just been free-flowing exactly. for the running backs. Exactly. The Bills have actually become the worst defense against the running back. They have uh, usurped the 49ers. All right. Which is crazy. Thanks they a were, lot, Jordan They Howard. were kind of like better like they were a tough matchup yeah probably through like the first four weeks oh which yeah shows how bad they've been over the last we were shutting so. down running backs against the bills earlier this year yep. i'm sure of it mm-hmm. uh tom you're shut or sorry your plum pick running back is um lamar miller just because they're not the Big first time. worst um fantasy uh, defense against the running back anymore i'm still gonna target the 49ers i don't care if jordan howard didn't do that well Lamar Miller is going to go out there. Alfred Blue has a concussion, so it's just going to be all Lamar Miller this week. And I kind of hinted at it in the other episode, so you may have known this was coming. But if you knew – I mean, you should be happy. He's going to be cheap in DFS relatively, um, and he's showing up for you in a season where maybe he hasn't shown up too often – but at an all-important time in the year, so you got to be happy if you've got him right now. Yeah, this is nice because you know the teams who drafted him probably had to suffer through a lot of pain in the middle of the season, and if they were able to make the playoffs, you you finally have him with a nice matchup in the first round. It's perfect. I agree. You 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 got to play Lamar Miller this week. Speaking of matchups, and now that we're halfway through the plum picks, now is a good time. I've got Lamar Miller in the Internet Celebrity League. And the Internet Celebrity League playoffs have been decided. It's going to be the three of us against three of the fine gentlemen that we've interviewed as part of the Internet Celebrity yep. League series. Connor Tripler, Bucky Isotope, and Merman 5 are all in. Yeah. So Brent. And, yeah, Brent. That's, that is his, his real grown man <laughs> name. Um, but it's cool because, like, the Ruts boys are on one side of the bracket. Yeah. And the Twitter boys are on the other side of the bracket. So a Ruts player will be in at least one championship this year obviously we're vying for more yeah you guys will have to do battle to see uh who gets the honor to try to potentially take down my squad Um, it won't be me i I, i'm happy to to have made it you know into the into the semis it's nice to have a nice week to relax but um yeah i think i think bucky is gonna win it i know like i I have yeah i i have a good team obviously you know i have to buy i came in second but i think bucky's gonna take it yeah it's I'm going to win. I have Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now all of a sudden we're on board <laughs> yeah, with Josh yeah, right. Gordon. After we ragged him for uh-huh. like 10 minutes last week. You one. guys did. <laughs> I'm not taking any credit for that. Tom, your uh, plum pick wide receiver. It's not Josh Gordon. It's Marvin Jones, who you actually have playing against me in this league. I think Stafford's going to gut it out. I think he's going to go out there and play. This hinges a little bit on that. But the Tampa Bay defense, we've been saying it for 13 weeks, man. He's going to... Go out there and crush him. Marvin Jones. Weeks. (laughs) Marvin Jones has been amazing in every matchup that is tough. He's been like, he kind of fades himself out in run of the mill ones. But but I know that they're going to have to lean on this guy. And he is a. He's a goal line monster right now, a red zone monster, let's say. I, I I think him and Michael Crabtree could finish very similarly this week. I like them both. And I'll leave that in for Donald. Marvin Jones, before I talk about Michael Crabtree, Marvin Jones in standard scoring is wide receiver six. Hashtag stats. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. My plump pick wide receiver is Michael Crabtree. He's coming back. 
he's in a he's he needs to reclaim his reputation a little bit here. He needs to get some positive momentum going. Derek Carr is going to be happy to have him because I mean he got all he could handle dealing with Seth Roberts, Cordell Patterson, and Jared Cook for an entire game. He's going to be happy to see Crabtree. We got reports today that Amari Cooper did some light individual work today, hoping to resume team drills tomorrow, which is an unbelievably positive sign. If Cooper comes back, I think it also improves Crabtree's outlook because these two shredded the Chiefs secondary with Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is out. Speaking of which, it's your weekly edition of what the hell are the Chiefs doing? (laughs) And it's just I think it's a great matchup. Crabtree, I think, is a shoe in to score, and I think he may end up getting one of his very few, if any, 100-yard games this year. Yeah, I, I love it, too, and I agree with you, and I couldn't agree more that Amari Cooper coming back would help him so much because of how... Look what Cooper how, did to him the last right, time. He went they got to sell out for him. Exactly, Don, and if he's injured, the Raiders might be okay with just decoying him and just using him as a distraction for... Crabtree and Roberts and Cordero Patterson. Obviously, Crabtree is the highlight of that. So I agree. Crabtree, I'm in on him this week, no doubt. Absolutely. If It's funny. If the Raiders beat the Chiefs and season sweep them and the Chargers win, the Chargers are going to be leading the AFC West after Sunday because right? the Chargers have the tiebreaker over the Raiders and the Chiefs are Tom Petty free fall. Yeah, that division has gotten wild. Uh, Scott, you're plump pick wide receiver, and we actually skipped your running back, so we'll get to your running back after Mike Wallace, your plump pick wide receiver. Sure, I'll reel them both off. Mike Wallace. People are probably like, what? Why? But he's actually in full PPR leagues over the past, I'd say, three or four weeks. He's been double digits every single week. Um, Now, we take a look at what has happened to the Steelers since since they lost Joe Hayden. They are allowing, on average, over the last five weeks, 12 receptions, 195 yards, and over a touchdown per week in a five-week span to the wide receiver position. Mike Wallace has only gotten better and better as the season has gone on. I still expect Macklin to see Artie Burns, which leaves uh, Mike Wallace to face Sensabaugh, who got absolutely roasted by A.J. Green last week. And I, I expect it again. I expect one of those vintage Mike Wallace long touchdowns this week. Are you really going to make me say it? Revenge and it's game. a revenge game, baby. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Granted, Mike Wallace revenge games now would be against like half the league. Right. He's, but he's that's fine. It. But this is the most important revenge Definitely. game for him. Absolutely. I and so I love that pick, though. Yeah, I really awesome. do. Um, they've been getting beat deep like crazy, and Mike Wallace is a certain candidate to do that. Yeah. So you know, if you have these these guys that we were talking about, like like Funchess in a tough matchup or one of those guys, you you could pick up Mike Wallace off the waiver yeah. and he could get you a big week. Scott, your plum pick running back. All right. So now yeah, let's go to the running back now, and um, it kind of is along the same thought process as Don's, um, high volume and a soft target. So well, I'm going I stole with- that from you. Oh, okay. Well, either way, yeah. we're a team. Um, it's it's Alfie Morris against the Giants. You know, he got 27 touches last week and looked amazing. It seemed yeah. like the line is, you know, they were dealing with some injuries when Zeke had first been injured, and now it seems like they're coming back into form. And you saw him getting four or five yards without even getting touched against the Redskins. The Giants are, are providing pretty much no resistance on defense at this point. And I think if – if Alfred Morris gets that 20 touch mark again, he's going to get 100 another 100 yards and he's going to get another touchdown. Yeah, it's funny. We talk about so many Batman and Robin 
running back guys, but the Cowboys have literally been Batman and Alfred. Yes. You know, um, you know, Alfred can't do all of the things that Batman can do, but he can definitely get some things done. And he's and helpful that's what in his Alfred own way. Morris has been doing since Zeke's come back. Absolutely. So another another nice week for for old Alfred, and he's a little older, you know, older. So maybe he's a little more wiser. <laughs> I like that. Oh, he's certainly him. wiser. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. he's gonna pull in. He's gonna put in a Dark Knight performance this there week. There you go. Another week. Another superhero reference for Don. Let's move over to tight end. Tom, you're back. Yeah, I mean, how's it feel? Cameron Bray, man, he's like, if you picked him back up or someone dropped him or something, and let's say you have another tight end choice, the choice to me is obvious. I don't even know who I would play above Cameron Bray this week since there's no Rob Gronkowski. I mean, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, I, yeah, okay, I can see it, right? But Cameron Bray has the red zone. It's just his zone. It should be called something clever that I should have thought of before <laughs> I said that. He <laughs> he doesn't stop scoring touchdowns. He was the tight end five before Jameis Winston goes down. He's a top five play week in and week out. So if you've been rolling with someone in the middle of the pack and you you know maybe you just like them for whatever reason, be smart. Use your head, not your heart. Go with Cameron Bray. How about the Bray Plains, Tom? I'll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the Bright Plains is actually good. What I happened? think the Bright Plains describes the part of the season where Jameis wasn't there in his stat line. <laughs> no, that's the Bright Depression. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this all night. What happened that to was... Mike Evans scoring touchdowns in the red zones? Did we are we done with that? <sniffs> yeah, I guess we're just done with that. But Lame. he's well, but he gets also, Darius Slay this week, so so he's part got of tough my sledding. part of what I meant to say actually because. He's going to get Slay, so you're going to see the looks for him in the red zone. Yes, Not that it even matters. You're always going to get the looks too bright in the red zone. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Scott, we talked about your plum pick tight end, so we're going to mine. Money. Uh, you might not know him because he's got one of the more generic names I've ever heard for a football player. It's Steven Anderson from Houston. Fedorowicz goes to the uh, Stephen goes A. To the IR. Yes, Stephen A., there you go. Um, did you see he was oh, – forget it, never mind. I don't want to get into it. But Stephen A. went on one of his all-time rants the other day. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is an all-time rant for Stephen Anderson because he was very serviceable. Bill O'Brien said he likes what he's doing. He said they're looking to get him more involved. He's He was a receiver coming out of the draft. He actually ended up having more of a tight end build, so the Texans converted him. He happily converted positions so that he can get a shot to be on the field. Bill O'Brien said if the Texans won the game, he would have gotten the game ball. That's how impressed he was. What does that mean? I think it means more looks. I think it means more trust with him and Tom Savage. Also, I had a childhood friend whose name's Steven Anderson. He's a listener <laughs> to the show. Steve, hope you're doing well. Shout out to you, and uh, good luck. You know who he reminds me of? Your plump pick last week. Seals Jones. Ricky Seals Jones. Coming up out of nowhere, impressing in the limited reps that he gets. An, an opportunity comes through, and here comes Steven Anderson ready. I think I think you're you're thinking more along the lines of a of a DFS, but you know, if you're desperate, you can throw him out there in your playoffs for a start. All right. Fair enough. Um why not? Yeah, let's all right. So let's get to the slate. I had a stat, but I'm gonna save it for the game that we're actually when we actually preview that team's game. Saints Falcons. I mean, this is always one of the marquee matchups of the year. No matter where the teams are, we're lucky enough that this year, this late in the season, they're both in the playoff picture and they're playing each other twice in the next three weeks. Right. It's it's gonna be interesting because it's a Thursday night divisional game, which we don't really get to see a lot of. So it's like 
like the divisional games are normally a lot tighter because of how well they know each other. But the Thursday games can be blowouts because of, you know, the the little amount of time to prepare and recover. So uh, it's it's a very hard game for me to call. So I think in that case, I'm trusting my studs. Uh, yeah, speaking of studs, the Falcons have had issues with pass catching running backs all year, and now they get Alvin Kamara on a short week. Yeah, I mean he's the best. He's awesome. He's gonna be <laughs> yeah. RB one this week again. And even more in his favor is that Mark Ingram actually sat out of drills this week. Um, oh. It could be a it could be a veteran day. You know, it's a short week. They probably just want to rest him up. But that does indicate that something's going on. And I think Alvin Kamara is more than capable of taking the workload if he needs it. You think? <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I, I see a very slim chance that anyone who has Julio can sit him. So you got to roll him out. Just hope that the talent wins out. You know, Julio's got always got some big primetime games in him. He's had some big ones in the past. I'm thinking of one that you had with him, Scott. You actually shared it on our Fondest Fantasy Memories bonus right. episode yes. earlier this year. I mean, you never know. So you can't just sit Julio. Yeah. He you know, know Julio um, so knows. So I'm more worried about. Julio knows when the fantasy yoffs go down. Trust me. <laughs> he knows. He has bailed me out of so many different playoff scenarios that he knows when it's happening, and, you know, he'll be fine. But, you know, Sanu, yeah, he'll have it tough. I think that really the, both offenses are going to are gonna maybe have it a little tougher than they normally yeah. do. But, you know, I like the Saints just because yeah. they've just been awesome all year. Spoken like a true Julio shareholder, Scott. Way to go. Uh, and, a, and a fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big fan. <laughs> Biggest I know for sure. Yeah. Packers Browns. I mean, this is it. Um, if the Packers win this game, I think it's a pretty much a shoe in that Rodgers comes back. He was participating in the open portion of practice that was available to the media today. Right. So he's not scared to show people how far he's come along. Obviously, the Sunday night throw around was also in there, too. Uh, Hugh Jackson made a very interesting move. He told reporters what their game plan was. He was like, we're going to load the box and stop the run and make Brett Hundley throw. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Hugh. Yeah, I mean, that's that's smart of him. <laughs> I think I would do the same thing, but uh, I don't but know if I would. But not tell the world. Yeah, I don't know if I would have told everybody. <laughs> yeah. I maybe just maybe just my team. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. You could maybe start the Browns this week. I'm gonna do it in fantasy, uh, in daily fantasy. They get Brett Hundley next week. They get Baltimore, who you think might actually give them trouble, but the Browns actually. Already played them this year and put up a nice sixer for you, <laughs> and then they get like a touchdown. <laughs> no, or like they no, six, no, points. six points. <laughs> they scored six fantasy wow. points. Wow! And then the they stars. and then they get Trubisky and the bunch. Okay. There you so go. I think in a weird, 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 weird way, if you had to play one team for the entire fantasy playoffs, which you don't have to. Thank God. This could be one that actually works out <laughs> i see it i do see it i just um don't, I don't believe it the packers trust me is like no no trust me i do not have the balls to start them in any playoff <laughs> yeah. matchups yeah of course not how about josh gordon though gentlemen I, i'm in the league where i'm a 30 point dog he has josh gordon and um i am a, a little nervous it's he, you know he's so hard to predict, but especially now we don't have enough. And yeah, on he him. got you know he got eleven targets last week, but you know Corey Coleman took a backseat, which I thought was surprising. I, I I kind of feel like they're gonna even out unless Josh Gordon is you know this freak that he was three or four years ago. I think it's a little too early for me to tell, but you know I don't have him in any league, so luckily for me I could just sit back yeah. and kind of watch. I'd be like chewing my fingernails to the bone. I would be so anxious if I should start him. him this week yeah. if I had him. 
He's a flex. He's a great DFS option, too, for me. Yeah, his price has to still be basically rock yeah. bottom. Well, um, it's probably gone up, though. But still yeah. generally pretty low. Yeah. He's yeah. not in, like, the elite category for sure. Uh, Lions-Buccaneers. This game's going to be a lot more interesting if Matthew Stafford plays. Um, he's going to play. Yeah. Stafford's definitely going to play because they need him. You yeah. know, and this is a game. They're he's not a out. Of, they're not out of it yet either. No. So, you know, he's not going to sit games with a with a bruise on his hand if if they got a shot in the playoffs. So, for that reason, I kind of like I if you have him and you need him, I, I don't hate starting him because of the matchup. Yeah. And then you know I like the I like the receivers involved on that team. I, I like everybody in this matchup really because especially if Abdul is out, you're going to see Riddick get that work that that we were used to seeing last year. So and everybody on the Bucks I think is is a viable option this week. Yeah, I mean you know it's it's a it's a matchup of two defenses that are reeling. Mm-hmm. You know they've let up, they've all let up a ton of points. They've all let up points in different ways. Um, you know, Detroit's had some playmakers on defense really bail them out some weeks. Like I had Detroit's defense and I was hoping that they could be the team that I rode to the, to the, to the championship. But you know, now it's looking like I can't do that anymore. Yeah. They're more of a matchup based. Right. Um, so interesting. I think if Stafford goes, you got to roll Marvin out there. Like Tom said, I think Tate, uh, he's playing, right? Yeah. Golden Tate. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I like him a lot this week too, because you know, maybe Stafford won't be able to throw the ball downfield as effectively with his hand injury. Maybe the Lions don't really want to have him standing in the pocket and waiting for longer plays to develop. And That's what I was going to say. So it could be a lot of little dumpers. And, and yeah. you know, you see Golden Tate dancing around for 10, 12 yards at a time. Yeah, uh, yeah sneaky play would be uh, Peyton Barber if uh, Doug Martin's still out because, you know, he got 20 touches and the – the Detroit Lions have really been struggling against every running back that they've thrown at them in the last three to four weeks. Um, started with Isaiah Crowell, and since then they've been letting up a rushing touchdown, I'm pretty sure, every week. Yeah, they yeah. have. All right. Raiders-Chiefs. I think this is a start-everybody game. Um, you know, we, we haven't mentioned it yet, but Tyreek Hill has torched the Raiders. You know, yeah. he's he's really, you know, he had a, another long one against them last uh, this year. He had a bunch of them last year. I mean, it's just... It's tough to sit him any week, obviously, right. but I think it's a really confident week for him um, going up against the Raiders. Amari Cooper, you gotta monitor him. He, if if he's the key, if he's active, that unlocks so much for Oakland. Now, granted, if he doesn't play and they hold him out another week to just to kind of get him ready for the last three weeks of the season, which are going to be even more important if they can beat uh, Kansas City. I mean, I'm still all, I'm still great with Crabtree. I think right. he is a shoe-in wide receiver one value this week in any format. But if Cooper plays, you know, we're looking at a four another forty point game from the Raiders possibly. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that this game can can regain that form, that high scoring form. And it's nice to see uh you know, you gotta trust the Chiefs with the new play caller too, because he was just uncorking deep balls. And if you do that against the Raiders, you can really put up some numbers. Yeah, especially with Travis Kelsey. I mean, we just saw Evan Engram tear it up against them with Geno Smith as his quarterback. We think Alex Smith's been playing a lot better than Geno Smith has over his career. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's going to be a good game, I think. Yeah, one of the leagues where I have a bye, I have Marvin Jones and Crabtree, two of our plum picks. Um, I wish I could just play and see what I'd get. But with a 75% chance to end up on the podium with the bye, I think you got to just 
take that as it comes. I agree, though, Tom. I have Derek Carr as my quarterback in one league, and I'm just like, oh, man, like this would be a really cool week to have him. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, that's like first-world problems. Be happy the with the bye, degree. guys. All For right. Sure. For sure. Um, Vikings-Packers. I think this could be a very – sorry, Panthers, not Packers. Vikings-Panthers. I think this could be a really interesting game. This is going to be pretty low scoring, I think, because Carolina's D can bottle up the – uh, Minnesota running game, which has kind of unlocked Keenum's play action ability, his bootleg ability. Um, you know, the Vikings defense can stymie pretty much everybody at this point, it seems. So I'd see this as a low scoring game, which I think kind of ends up being a game where the studs rise up. And I think Thielen and Diggs are enough to get Minnesota over the hump. And I'm rolling Thielen and Diggs out, like Tom said, anywhere I can get them. Yeah, there's few trustworthy players in this game, and I think you named two of them, and I'll throw one more in. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. The Vikings have allowed a lot of receptions to the running back position. So it may not be a huge yardage day for McCaffrey, but um, also uh, Jonathan Stewart's dealing with some, with some ankle problem. He was limited in practice today. So any extra work for McCaffrey obviously spells great, but I'm counting on six or so catches out of the backfield. And hopefully he scampers in for one of those touchdowns. I agree. I mean, he's just been, he's been, he's got a nose for the end zone now. Yeah. He didn't seem like he had it those first few weeks, but now it seems like he's scoring every week, every other week, basically. If I was Ron Rivera, I would use, decoy Greg Olson this week just everywhere <laughs> yeah not yeah. a bad plan he's probably gonna play though Greg Olson you gotta actually keep up on that but it's looking like he's progressing well so we'll see if he's a if he's a decoy like Tom thinks or if he'll be a uh, a real player all right uh ooh, Niners Texans Gross. Give me all the Texans. I'm going in a league against someone who has DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller I'm scared for my life you should but, be. <laughs> um I, you know, everyone's concussed on the team. Like I said in the other episode, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is amazing when he's the only show in town, and Lamar Miller's also going to be the only show in town on the backfield. So that tandem is going to be uh, pretty successful this week, and I am uh, I'm going to have to do some damage on my end to combat it. Shaking in your space boots. Yeah, I, I kind of like Houston's defense if you're looking for one too. They've been pretty good at home, even though Jimmy Garoppolo completed, uh, you know, an absurd amount of passes on, on, at such a good rate last week. They didn't even score a single touchdown. Right. So if you're looking for somebody, if you're desperate for a defense, I think you can throw Houston in and hope for a big play. Yeah, and they, and they, you know, they they got they had popcorn on their hands or popcorn butter on their hands. You know, with that interception that Garoppolo threw, you just never know. Yep. Um, let's get rid of that one. Uh, Colts, Bills, ew. Um, <laughs> yeah, another another oh, one. Well. Hopefully, Tyrod plays and makes it entertaining. If he doesn't, this suddenly swings into a really good Colts week. What about our boy, uh, Mr. T. Y. Hilton? We got to talk about him. Why not? <laughs> Why not roll him out this week? I mean, it's a softer matchup than it's been in in the past. Like we mentioned with Buffalo's defense, you know, we know Brissett loves him, and if he can get open, then go for it. Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm real nervous about him. But, uh, you know, like you said, there might you might not have better options, and, and I get that. But I like the running backs, too. I like, you know, I like Gore and Shady, obviously. Yeah, but that's about it. Love Shady. Only per, only game I'm going to start T.Y. in, and the only reason I'm keeping him in the league I have him, is week 17 in case, you know, Brandon Cooks doesn't play. In case oh, that – because yeah. he, he has uh, Houston. Nice. At home. At home. So I like that one for him. But nothing until then, honestly. All right. I was teasing a stat before we started the slate, and it had something to do with the Texans. So I'm going to stop really quick. Deshaun Watson, 
still has more fantasy points than Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota right now. Yep. Hashtag stats. I saw that. It's unbelievable. Crazy. Unbelievable. Crazy how good he was playing. Yeah. And how badly Carr and Mariota have been. Yes. Um, <laughs> Bears, Bengals. Oh, my. What happened to this slate? First four games, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a pretty good week. And now we've got like like eight games where both teams that are playing have 500 or worse records. Yeah, with no playoff implication, yeah. not even close. Gross. Um, this one's pretty tough to call because the Bears' defense can show up kind of out of nowhere, and I kind of think that they will this week. So I'm expecting another ugly one, you know, low scoring. I kind of like both defenses as streamable options. And, uh, you know, I guess I guess Bernard, you got to feel like he, you should play him if Mixon's out. Yeah, unfortunately we recorded this before that Monday night game was played, but, you know, you got to keep your eye out for Joe Mixon Hopefully he comes back this week or next week because, I mean, he took a tough hit. He was playing really well. He looked like he was on his way to another big day uh, right at the end of that first quarter. He took a vicious hit, a clean hit from that Mixon took, but certainly a violent one. And unfortunately, rocked, yeah. he got rocked. Um, Vontez Burfix availability, unknown as well, but not he that He got rocked, much. too. Yeah, yeah. I think Gio played really well in his absence, and I would definitely consider playing him in any sort of PPR format. He was quite the definition of an every down back once Mixon went down. He was on the field for every Bengals offensive snap after Mixon left with the injury. Yeah, the only other guy they have is a rookie who hasn't seen the field this year. What's his name? Uh, Mr. Nobody. (laughs) Brian Hill. (laughs) Brian Hill, if you're curious. Now you're going to win your uh, bar trivia when you go out tonight. <laughs> um, Cowboys, G-Men, this game is filled with intrigue. We did, we actually didn't even end up talking about uh, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese getting fired from the Giants. It looks like Eli is going to be starting this game. Yep. Um, could be the final home start for him, given that they may want to see Davis Webb before the end of the year. Um, a lot of people are thinking that they did this just so, you know, Cowboys fans didn't flood MetLife Stadium because Giants fans were like so disinterested in watching the Giants without Eli starting. Um, so a lot of entry going into this game. Yeah. And oh, by the way, the Cowboys need to win it to stay in playoff contention. Right. And Dak is back, you know, so I, I expect a big week from him. I expect a big week from Dez. Um, I kind of like Eli in DFS. Me too. You know, Me I, just, too. <laughs> I just feel like... You know, coming off of what happened to him, he's got to be ticked off and he's got to want to play well. So, you know, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Tom. I'm surprised Tom didn't plumb pick Sterling Shepard. Uh, I was about thinking it. about doing it myself because of how bad Dallas has been against receivers. I'm very intrigued to stack Eli and Shepard in my dailies this year. Scott, I wish you did plumb pick him because the third wide receiver on that team I was talking about is Sterling Shepard. So you have Crabtree, <laughs> Marvin Jones, and Sterling Shepard. Yes, <laughs> that's a good that's a good lineup for this week. Yeah, wow. it is. That'll be an exciting. I can't wait to see the. Is that the that week? One. Is that the team you play? Hopkins I have a buy. Lamar? Oh, oh, that's right. That's, that's right. the one I have a buy in. Oh, all right. Um, Damn. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Titans, Cardinals, another ugly one. Uh, Titans look like they're going to Arizona. Um, you know, I think this is another ugly win for them. Like I said, I'm not too keen on either running back this week. Mm. The Cardinals have been pretty good against the run, not so great against the pass, and it's just gonna be it's gonna be low scoring. I think Delaney and Larry, and yep. um, you know, Larry friggin' it. Fitzgerald. It's, yeah, I think gone. even if Rashard Matthews comes back, you know, he's my boy, but. You know, he's a little dinged up, and he could see a fair amount of Pat Pete, so he's tough to trust this week, too. Yeah. I think this— You don't want to put him out there this week on his first show back, either. Yeah, get a tweak of the old hammy again. I think this might be a week where Larry can climb in the all-time receiving yardage list as well. I think he's, like, 
a hundred and change out from like the next guy on the right. list. Something to watch for because yeah. I mean the Cardinals don't have much to play for, but they can play to get Larry Fitzgerald as much as they as they possibly Larry can. Larry Fitzgerald needs no added motivation. He comes to ball every Sunday. That's but why we love him. We can agree that it's good when he has it though. Of course. <laughs> uh Jets, Broncos, Jets win, right? Start your Jets, of course. right? You know, as a Jets fan, this is one of those games where I'm thinking let down. I know <laughs> I plum-picked McCown, and I believe it. I really believe in McCown and ASJ, but I've been a Jets fan for too long. Not not to have part of my part of me say the Jets will blow this game. Yeah. Well, you know, they are away, and Trevor Simeon, when he was playing good in the beginning of the year, was only doing so at home. So I do have my fears about that. And that's why I do have my fears in starting the Jets' defense this week. I would actually look elsewhere if you have a better option. I can understand why that might be the best option available and why you'd have to go with it. But if, like I said, if you have something else, I'd go elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, you got to bench your Broncos at this point too, right? I mean, I would. I think I would still start DT because receivers have done really well against the Jets, and he gets that volume, and he's just so good yeah. that you know, and especially with with how early you drafted him you there's a chance you don't have much better options fair enough so i think i think dt is worth it yeah washington and, and the chargers um this is gonna set a record low for attendance at an nfl game i think uh the chargers barely get anybody to fill that soccer stadium yep. and the rams have a game in la this weekend so i just think that like nobody's gonna show up if they do they'll be washington fans but the chargers don't really seem to care and I think they're going to get a win this week. You know, again, if they win this week and the Raiders beat Kansas City, the Chargers, after starting 0-4, are going to be in first place in the AFC West. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I actually kind of, you know, the way, the same way I feel a bit of a letdown game coming for the Jets, I kind of feel it for the Chargers, too. The Redskins have been very weird this year where they can show up out of nowhere and, and have a good performance. And Captain for, Kirk. For some reason, I think Kirk, Kirk can get it done this week. And, you know, Phil has been so hot that I, I feel like, you know, at some point. He's got a nuke game coming. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. He might have a nuke game coming. And, and it might be this week in a game where everyone expects the Chargers to win, you know. Like, that. how many times has that happened in the recent history of Phil's career where there's been a lot of games where they, they, they're expected to win and then they just face plant. Phil, Phil has those games where he's like a scratch-off lottery ticket guy who's just like, all right, next one's a winner. And he just throws another bomb and he gets picked off. He's like, all right, I'll get the next one. Bomb, picked off. I just wasted 50 bucks on scratch-off tickets and have nothing to show for it. You know, one of those things. Sure. Uh, Seahawks, Jaguars. Seahawks going to Jacksonville. I'm I'm not nervous about Russell Wilson. If he's really I'm scared shitless. <laughs> of course you are. Um, I mean, he's... If he's going to be the MVP of the league, if he's going to be the number one overall fantasy player, he's going to turn a matchup like this into a solid fantasy performance. I'm not I'm not overthinking this. I'm rolling him out there. And if he nukes me, he nukes me. But I'm not going to rest my playoff life where I have Russell Wilson on anyone else other than overall player number one. I don't know, man. That's just the kind of nightmare situation that kills you. I so badly wanted to start Tyrod Taylor at home versus the Colts here. I swear that's a lock for 15 points. I can't say the same about Russell Wilson. I know the talent is there. I know that he can get quick passes out to Doug Baldwin. I know that he can avoid the secondary by using uh, Jimmy Graham. And I know all these things are good. And I know he can run the ball himself. 
but I'm scared. And I'm still starting him where I have him, that being said. I couldn't find a better there's, – there's, there's no one available that tempts me. There's um, no one better than the best player at his position? Yeah, that's so weird that there's nobody better than him. Yeah. Um, you know, he bails you out with rushing yards. So, like, I don't know. I don't really see him – I don't see how it's possible, really, that he gets under 10 fantasy points or even really under 15 – like, close to 15, you know. He can still bail you out like that. For me, you know, last week or last episode, I was ranting and raving about how I thought he was the MVP and how I thought this team was basically nothing without him. I think this is this is a big Russell Wilson week. I not only think that he's going to play well, I think he's going to play really well and change, you know, and have this mind-altering game of the Jaguars defense yeah. just because of how well he's able to to get away from pressure and still make throws that's that combination to me is so deadly that he can do it against any matchup yeah i mean and i mean like who's across the field from him blake bortles against the legion of boom yeah. like are we not ruling out the fact that bortles can go out there and throw four picks yeah that's definitely that's definitely true bortles has been has been that won't help russell wilson though that will possibly it, will if it gives him a short field to score more tutties it won't if it goes for six. It won't if it gives him a short field and they run the ball, they don't run et cetera, the ball. They et cetera. They don't run the ball without him. They don't run yeah, the ball. Yeah, but, okay, they throw on first and one in the Super Bowl or whatever. But what I'm saying is they – look, they're not going to throw as much as they want to usually versus the secondary. It's it's a fact of life. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The secondary I mean, is allowing an average of under 200 yards thrown per game, which is well under the mark that we want our streaming quarterbacks to get to. I know that Russell Wilson is not a streaming quarterback, and I know that just because that's the average doesn't mean he can't get higher than it. It's just that I have these concerns, and I feel it necessary to voice them. They're definitely real concerns. I get it, but – like. I'm trusting him. I would yeah. trust him if I had him, and I wish I did have him so yeah. I could play him in this week. For sure. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Eagles-Rams. This is going to be a really interesting game because I feel like it's kind of been seesawing. Like The Vikings beat the Rams, kind of show that the Rams maybe aren't as big of a contender as we thought. The Rams go and beat the Saints, show that they're not as big of a contender as we thought. Saints go and beat the Panthers. I mean, can we get a game where maybe the Eagles, now that they've lost to the Seahawks, maybe they get a win against the Rams or if – even crazier if the Rams beat the Eagles here, maybe we start to see that maybe the all-powerful Eagles aren't as powerful. This is a really important game for who gets the bye I think, in the NFC. I think it's a huge game for the Eagles' psyche. Um, yeah. They haven't really – I think they only have one win against a team with a winning record, maybe one or two. So they really haven't beaten many teams uh, of value, you know. So this is a big game for them. I think this game is going to be pretty open, you know. Um you know, we normally think when the better teams play, it, it may be a little bit lower scoring, especially with with this slate, the, the the previews we've had so far. But I actually like this game as a higher scoring game, and I think that uh, I think you can start all your playmakers in this one. Yeah, I mean, the Rams at home, McVay will find a way to get into some creases of that Eagles defense, who are playing a little bit on their heels after what Russell Wilson just did to them. And with the Rams, I mean, the Eagles just have so many weapons, so many different ways to beat you. The Rams are, have been brutal against the run this year, and the Eagles, like we said, have five different people that can run the ball effectively for them. So, I mean, like you said, I think the other team's defenses are going to have a tough – or sorry, both of these defenses are going to have a tough afternoon. All right, Eagles fans, earmuffs. <laughs> Here are their 10 wins. 5 and 7 Redskins, 2 and 10 Giants, 
six and six Chargers. Looking five and seven. Now. Sure. Uh, but we're horrible then and only yes. one by two. And only one by two. Five and seven Cardinals. Eight and four Panthers. Pretty good win. Yep. Five and seven Redskins again. Two and ten 49ers. Three and nine Broncos. Six and six Cowboys without Zeke. And three and nine Bears. They also lost to the Chiefs. And they only played one team over 500. And that was the Seattle Seahawks. Ouch. Yeah, that's 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 exactly. Thank you, Tom. That was the clarity that that uh, I was looking for earlier in this uh, this little spiel. Yeah, that and was it was part great. and parcel why Jared Goff is my plum pick and my boy. <laughs> He's figured out the whole where does the sun rise and set thing too, which is always good for him. That was a big issue that. on Hard Knocks last year. <laughs> Raven Steelers. Hopefully, we don't get the quote unquote AFC North football that Ben Roethlisberger described with the Bengals game on Monday night. That was brutal. Uh, We know that Juju Smith-Schuster will not be available for this game. He got a suspension yesterday, or on Tuesday, appealed it, and in the middle of the night it was upheld. So he will be missing the game. Um, Hopefully Antonio – it didn't look like Antonio Brown escaped with anything other than just, wow, he got hit really hard on his game-winning touchdown or game-tying touchdown, and it was just – I'm happy that that game is over because that was tough to watch. At it times. was. It was really ugly. Um, Jimmy Smith is on IR for the Ravens. Oh, That's a no. huge, huge loss for that defense. I think it makes Big Ben startable at home against against the Ravens. And obviously, you know, Brown in line for a pretty big game. I'm not scared of Martavis Bryant now with, with Juju Smith going to be out. He scored in the game that Juju didn't play um, on Last Sunday, exactly, and yeah. the, you know the threat of Jimmy Smith being gone is is very important to that game. It's definitely something to watch for. Yep. As far as the Ravens, I think I still like Alex Collins. Um, you know, you got to monitor his injury, but if he's good to go, he's been running really well over the past couple weeks. And you know, obviously, Mike Wallace, my plum pick, is going to catch you a long touchdown this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. I like. Um, I was going to say I like Tucker, but I don't know. I think this might be like an exposure game for the Ravens. Like that offense is not going to be good enough to get them into the playoffs. We'll see because, because you know, it'll be interesting because the Steelers defense hasn't really looked incredible over the past couple of weeks. They lose Shazier obviously, which was terrible. Hope the best for him. The good point is all that the good thing is all they need to do is cross midfield and they're basically in Tucker's range. That's right. He basically, yeah, I was going to say, I like both the kickers in this one. Not that I even care about kickers at all, but I would, (laughs) I would love to have either one of these, but here we are talking, but not that you care. (laughs) Not that I give a that's shit. A, that's the thing. I don't even care. I don't even. I don't even care. Um, I don't even care about the Monday night game. Pat's Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins have been terrible. Uh, Gronkowski will not be playing, so the level of excitement for the Patriots offense has gone down a little bit. I think the Patriots win this one. I think it's one of those just annoying Patriots games yeah. where, like, they might let up a touchdown on their first drive and be trailing seven nothing, but they'll get their they'll get their touchdown at the end of the half, get the ball at the start of the second half, score. It'll be like twenty one ten, and the game will be completely over. After another that. another uh, as Michael Irvin says, another close blowout. Yeah, another close blowout. <laughs> but exactly. um, yeah, I you know. It's nice to see maybe Hogan coming back this week. It'll be yeah, yeah. He returned to practice. You know him coming back. You know basically he could maybe filter into into Gronk's place. So if you have Hogan and you're desperate, I think I think I would be okay with starting him, but I would be nervous. You have no. I mean, unless you pick up you know Amendola 
or you pick, you can pick up one of these running backs and put put him in the flex. I mean, you're really putting yourself out on a limb. Well, yeah, with the yeah, you have to game. make you have to make sure he'll be fully cleared. I think before even before Sunday, yeah, he'll he'll have to get that clearance. But right. if he does, I, I like him this week. Um, you know, you got to trust your Pats at this point. They're 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 rolling, and then I think you trust. Uh, Jarvis's volume, and you trust Kenny and Drake's volume at yeah. this point because Drake looks tough. Gut call, I think this is a Cooks week. I think he hits them for a long one at some point in this game because, I mean, they just don't have anybody who can run with him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I also do like Rex Burkhead just for the sake that I think they'll get ahead. Yeah. Like by a huge margin, and he's their grinder guy right now. So grind away, Rex. That's right. For sure. All right, that is going to do it for us. Uh, Whew, this is a fun. This is gonna be a fun week. Yeah, I'm excited. I I know I I have four teams in the playoffs, but two of them got to buy, so it's not you know too crazy for me, which was nice. I was really able yeah. to focus in very hard on the two teams that I have going right now and make my pickups for week 15. Yep. You know, after the waiver clears for my other teams, so I'm excited to to lock in on those two teams and hopefully get two Ws. I have a buy in one league, and in the other two leagues where I made the playoffs, I have to win to set up a semifinal matchup with you. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting week. I'm hoping for the best uh, in our college league, but in the Internet's Love League, I think Tom's got my number. My team has just been falling apart ever since basically the season started. Uh, <laughs> so it's a miracle I even got to the playoffs, quite frankly. Tom, any uh, any last-minute outlooks for your teams this week? Yeah, I think it uh, it's going to hinge hugely on my – let me see how I can phrase this gingerly. I'm going on vacation Saturday through the next weekend. So um, hopefully in my inebriated states, I don't do anything wrong with my lineups. And uh, I have a good time on vacation and come back still in the fantasy championship for the next week. Tom, remember, time zone changes. Make sure you set. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you set your alarm. So when you're out late at night and you're throwing a few back, set your alarm nice and early so you're able to wake up and check your team. Tom, drink of choice while you're on vacation. Um, I'm gonna be in the Rocky Mountains, so I'm just so gonna slam cheap <laughs> Coors Light, baby. The, mule, the Moscow Mule. That's all you had to say. We will see you guys on Tuesday to recap Tom's drinking issues and uh, the week 14, the first week of the Yoffs. Um, Good luck, everybody. We hope you you enjoy it. Uh, Hopefully it's not marred by injuries or anything like that. Hopefully it's just a good old-fashioned shootout between you and your opponent. At least you can rest your head on that. If you need any last-minute updates or lineup advice for us, we're at RutzFF. Tom's going on vacation, but he's still at HillierFF on Twitter and will no doubt be paying for the in-flight Wi-Fi so he can check Twitter on his phone. (laughs) Scott is at WagsFF. As far as as I know, you're not going on vacation. I'll be watching the games. And I'm at WhySoSerious. I will be glued to my couch basically between the time you hear this and the time that the Sunday night game is over. Enjoy the games. Best of luck in the Yoffs, everybody, and we will see you on Tuesday. But until then, keep scoring. Hey,